You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 156, we we're discussing Avengers Endgame, Aquaman's spinoff and sequel, and how and why we collect. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And joining us this week, a very good friend of the show, a local boy here to Calgary, a member of the Twitter gang and collector extraordinaire, we've got Carlos. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Oh, super soak. He is sitting in for our dude, Sanjay, who is still off doing daddy duty for possibly another couple of weeks. And Carlos has offered to come on and fill that seat, keep it warm for Sanjay, but not too warm. Yeah, you know what happens when you sit in those chairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't need any more kids, yeah. right? No, no, I do not. <laughs> we were super stoked to have you here, and we've got a busy, busy episode. We've got a ton of new reveals from Avengers Endgame, and not really particularly with regards to video footage, but to how this film is potentially going to be structured and laid out in theaters for us in just a few short months' time. We're also going to talk Aquaman, that billion-dollar boy. We are seeing sequels. We're seeing spinoffs. They're taking this and pushing this forward, propelling it to the forefront of the DC Extended Universe. We're also going to discuss with Carlos here in the room. He is a major collector. If you guys have ever witnessed hashtag Shelf Sunday, you'll know that he's got an incredible collection there. So the three of us are just going to have a bit of a roundtable about how and why we collect, going into some of the stories, as well as talking a little bit about things maybe we regret collecting, asking that question, why do we collect this? Because we're collectors is the inevitable answer. But nonetheless, we're going to jump and take a bit of a deep dive into that and provide a little bit of insight into collecting in general. We all do something a little different and we're hoping that we can provide you guys a little bit of something to kind of latch on to, maybe get into, and maybe we can coax you guys over to the dark side when it comes to big things. Because you know what? (laughs) I jumped in a big way into my first statue. Maybe not as big as some things, but we're going to get into that in our Weekend Nerd. But first things first, Carlos, my man, I got to know, you got to tell the people a little bit here, what does your nerd look like? My nerd, well, yeah, my name is Carlos, and at a very young age, um, I was inducted into the Super Friends, so between (laughs) that cartoon and the reruns of the old Spider-Man 66 show on our local local kid show Buckshot in the afternoons, remember that? Got you, with the puppet. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, (laughs) so Super Friends on Saturdays and Spider-Man 66 during the weekday lunch hours there. Nice. Um, Those were formative times for me, and like... Yeah, those characters were deeply ingrained into my system. And as I got older, they were kind of ever-present. And for a lot of years, I hated Star Wars because one day my beloved Marvel superhero lunchbox broke and we went to go buy a replacement. And just in passing, my mom's like, we couldn't find... I wanted a Superman one and I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find any superheroes. And my mom's like, ah, she goes, well, it's because Star Wars has taken over the superheroes. <laughs> in my like little kid mind, I took that as gospel truth. And I was like Gary Oldman in, in Dracula, where I was like, I resent you. I hate you. So um, that's how much those characters meant to me. And then, you know, as I grew up and grew older, it, it just kind of stuck with me. And um, 
being just uh, maybe a decade older than you guys, like this stuff wasn't as ever present as it yeah. is now. So to see it kind of crop up and it was right away, those nostalgia pulls and yeah, I, w- I was all in. So as the hobby grew and changed, I grew and changed and yeah, yeah I ended up with a lot of cool stuff as a result. Yeah. Of probably yeah, that. Yeah, Sundays. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. What, what drew you into a uh, Batman? Cause I see you have a, a pretty big focus on Batman. What got you into that character? Was it the, you know, the animated series with the comic books? Yeah, What's going you know, on? In elementary school, it was funny. Like, at way too young an age, my best buddy and his older brother got into um, a publisher called Eclipse Comics. And these comics were like super violent and had tons of stuff that kids our age shouldn't have been seeing. <laughs> but with that, these guys were like, oh yeah, these are real comics and this is what it's all about. And so they rejected everything DC and Marvel and tossed right. all these books at me. So I'd always loved like Superman and Spider-Man were kind of my two favorites, but like this was like 86, 87. Oh, okay. And I, and I got all these like Batman and detective books that they had and I just fell in love with them. And there was like a comic store that was quasi walking distance from my elementary school. So I kind of took what they had and then once a month to spend, a, I think there were 75 cents wow. at the time kind of thing, keep up with it. And I was just in love with it. And it, like there was no internet or you, and as a little kid, you don't keep track of stuff. So I catch wind that they're making a Batman movie. I was like, oh, I can't believe they're making a movie about <laughs> Batman. Like, who else likes Batman? Yeah. But when that hit, um, and it was one of those, like... World changing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, all of a sudden, there was Batman swag all over the place, yeah. and I got a flyer route to start buying stuff. There you and, go. Yeah, yeah, the collecting is, like, in my blood. So. Oh, man. Yeah, so... And... and Bats and I have just been together like ever since. So, that's great. Uh, it was, yeah. That's great. It was that's cool. awesome. It's, yeah. it's great to see you've made kind of a family sport of it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, at our wedding or when we were getting ready for our wedding and we we're going through like the baby pictures that you put in the slides and stuff. And it just so happened that my wife and I both had a picture at the exact same age of me and Superman underoos and her and Wonder Woman underoos. No way. <laughs> and so we kind of had that picture up in our house and then... I had my collecting up and um, she would dilly dabble or dabble a bit in the Wonder Woman stuff, but there wasn't very much until recently. Yeah. And then when my oldest was born, we kind of thought, you know what, we don't want her to just be kind of pigeonholed into Disney princess or whatever. So expose her to everything. Yeah. Yeah. She just fell in love hardcore with Superman. And so then with, with us having kind of the DC Trinity thing going, we uh, just carried on and my youngest came and, She's like, no, I'm into Marvel. So like Spider-Man and the Hulk. Were <laughs> yeah, like, man. yeah, yeah, there you go. We're her two guys and uh, spirit animal there. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's weird. Like that's just what my girls gravitated to. And we just always had tons and tons of fun with that being a part of our, our family life. Nice. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a great thing to see doing the family thing. And I'm slowly pulling my daughter into the Star Wars a little bit. She knows who the Marvel characters are. Funnily enough, and it's it's interesting how... This has penetrated the youth. She knows Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, all the mans. Like, the easy ones to say and relate to, like Super, Bat, Spider. Those are the ones that stick in her head. Like, she still has a problem sometimes with Captain America, even though it's omnipresent in her life. She doesn't really understand who some of the female characters are. They're a bit more complicated, I think, at least at the Marvel end, to connect to. It's not Wonder Woman, right? Right. Like, Captain Marvel, for her, she knows who she is, but doesn't connect in the same way. So I find... The DC is able to, I think, 
present maybe to a younger audience oh, yeah. earlier on rather than Marvel. Marvel is full of characters that you know Thor, Captain America. They're yeah. a bit harder to connect to as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. You don't Daredevil. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just doesn't. I don't think penetrates the same way that DC does. Yeah, but. You know, they're all there, and I, I want to make it a family thing. I see what you guys do, and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, hitting the conventions, hitting the, the shops, going on the hunt together. It's, it's something really cool. Yeah, man. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it is just neat. Like, yeah. Sanjay had sent me a link to a DVD retailer or a Blu-ray retailer that he buys stuff off of in the UK. And I didn't buy anything off there, but my wife kind of saw what I had loaded up on the iPad. And so she started scrolling through and then all of a sudden I get this box with all this like <laughs> DC Christmas crap in it. And I was like, what? I didn't order this. And looked at the name on the top. I was like, Oh, the first is initial true. is right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, gentlemen, like we always do off the top here in the nerd room, let's, let's dive into our week in nerd. Sure. I'm a man. Like, yes, sir. how was your collecting? How was your comics this past week? Is almost overwhelming, man. You know, I picked up quite a bit of comics, uh, but I only read a few amount. I read Spidey first off the jump there. Finally picked up Volume 1, Hawkeye, I think Life as a Weapon, I Am a Weapon. Heard great things about it. It's the one with, it's like a very standalone issue of Hawkeye in his apartment. He has yeah, the yeah. dog. That's, um, yeah, the purple cover? The purple cover, yeah. yeah. The, the silhouette kind Matt of. Fraction. That's an impossible yeah, yeah, one to get. Yeah, well, it's just a volume trade, so yeah. it's not like I got the single issues, but I've heard a lot of good things from us, Dubaka. And uh, grabs over a Twitter gang, right? So can't wait to dive into that. I've been reading some more X-Men Gold. It's kind of taking a nosedive, unfortunately, right now. So I really want to speed that up to get into Hawkeye. But either than that, man, no figures. I, I ran into you uh, while we were at the hunt. Literally, yeah, which was crazy. Like I was, so I'm going to tell the story a little <laughs> yeah, bit from course. my perspective. So <laughs> I, I had run out in the hunt. My my wife and that, they were having naps. So I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm going to up to Market Mall. And going to a few places, get, end up in the Disney store. And I see this Star Wars uh, Elite Series figure that I had seen online that was it was a bit more exclusive. So I was like, okay, there it is. And I'm it's just an R2 unit. So I'm, I'm beelining for it in the really small section now of yeah. Star Wars in the Disney store. And there's this dude in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> so I didn't even look. And then Troy turns around and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so like, I literally ran into it yeah. <laughs> trying to get to this collectible. Like I didn't even... All I saw was like this six plus foot dude. And I was like, get out of my way. <laughs> and it was you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, my wife was uh, shopping with the daughter and I was like, I need like five minutes to go to the food court. And I go to the food court. It's like crazy packed. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go over to the Disney store and see what's going on over there. Do my little hunt around. Didn't really find much. And then I stopped in front of the Star Wars Elite section. I was just looking like, wow, like how small Star Wars is becoming yeah. Disney, right? Because it used to be so big. And then I, I kind of feel like this hovering around me and I'm like, I don't want to look like I'm looking at somebody. And then I do a double take. I was like, oh, man, that's, that's Tim. <laughs> and so, yeah, we just caught up there. And it's yeah. great because we've crossed paths a couple times, but we always missed each other. Yeah. Even last week. You right? think we live in a city of 10,000 people. Yeah, you think so. <laughs> the amount of yeah. running to each other. <laughs> but we only have one good mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Carlos, did you pick up anything this week? Yeah. You know, there was a... I, too, made my way to the Disney store, and it was, it was funny that bought these Avengers cookies for the kids and there was this Thanos sticker in there. So I'd taken it and I'd sabotaged my wife's lunch kit and stuck it to the inside. And um, so she didn't take too kindly to that when she discovered it three days later. So we were making fun of each other over text and she kept sending me um, gifts of Iron Man from Infinity War fighting Thanos. So then when I went to the Disney store myself, I found like this 
um, Iron Man spatula and spoon set on sale. Yeah. And she's quite the baker, so I thought, this is too perfect. <laughs> this is the ultimate way to end our, our little war with each other <laughs> over the Thanos sticker that I wrecked her lunchbox with. Um, yeah, as far as nerd stuff, went and caught Lego movies. So nice. there's some some great DC cameos, and Batman's a pretty nice. big presence in it. So very entertaining movie. I don't know why it's not performing at the box office, but uh, I had a great time with oh, it. So cool. Yeah, why don't you shout out your reviews? You do reviews on these movies that you go see, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just come find me on Twitter, and I, whenever I review anything, I link it up to my um, Letterboxd account. So be a Canadian or CDN Cape Crusader on yep. Twitter, and it's the same on uh, Letterboxd. And anytime I see something new, I don't typically do it for kind of the the artsy movies when I try and think of myself as some, <laughs> some kind of highfalutin fl- film critic when I watch those movies on Netflix and whatnot I don't certified uh, yeah right? I, I, yeah and, and anytime I I watch something that people will conceivably see and be interested in yeah yeah I'll throw up a little review so that's that's on there but that uh it had some great DC cuts it, cool. it even had a little throwaway line about Marvel in there oh was nice pretty funny nice um so that was good and then um in truly channeling Sunday, Sanjay and warming his seat, I actually picked up some Blu-rays. I found the um, Lego movie uh, versions of Man of Steel, BVS, and Wonder nice. Woman. Holy smokes. Yeah, and I had, wow. yeah, just walking through Walmart, I was just getting groceries and I saw them there. And I actually had no intention of buying them. And I took little video clips and sent them to the family. Yeah. And by the time I went to go pick up my produce, there was a text from my oldest saying, can you pick up Man of Steel for me? I'll pay you back. And then my wife saying... <laughs> One woman better be coming home. And my youngest was with me, so we go back and pick those two up, and she just hands me Batman versus Superman, and she's like, well, you bought the other two. You might as well just pick this yeah. one up as well. Complete that set. You know? <laughs> yeah. True but, collecting fashion. Yeah. Uh, but they're pretty cool, and they were super cheap. Like, I, I think all three movies only cost me, like, 30 bucks or oh, something wow. like that. Like, nice. Yeah, Man of Steel was 8 bucks, and One Woman was most expensive at 12 So Yeah. Right now. Yeah. It was Great all right. Stuff. So. Good stuff. Right now, well, man, I had I had a weekend. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I had this money burning a hole in my pocket since since Christmas time. Yeah. And I've been if you follow me on Twitter at all, you can see I've been engaged with Carlos, Troy, everyone I can find to tell me what to buy. What should I get into? You know, I've been looking at high end collectibles, and I'm still just not there as far as pulling the trigger. But I was able to round up quite a few really nice things. And the top of the list here was this diamond. It's not diamond select. It's diamond gallery. Thanos from Infinity War. Um, I'd been looking at it for a while. The first time I saw the gallery stuff actually was when I was in London with Rob Wade from TSW. And I saw a cap there. And then I got looking. Okay, you know, there's a Thanos. It looks really good. Saw it at the local shop. Was, you know, reasonably priced $60 Canadian for this. And I got to sit in front of us here. I, I love this statue. It's about a 1-6 scale. The, the paint is great on it. The sculpting is good. And for 60 bucks, you can't do much better than this. You yep, know, I'm, yep. I'm not a high-end collector yet, but this is kind of my first, you know, putting dipping my foot into the yeah, shallow man. end here. And I'm quite pleased with it. The paint could do, it's a bit shiny in spots. The base isn't, maybe needs a wash or two to it. But again, I'm being pretty nitpicky here when it comes to it. Uh, but talking price point, it's fantastic. Like, I, I love this thing. You guys got any thoughts on this before we uh, head off to my I, other finds? I, I love this. I, I, fortunately for me, I got a little sneak preview um, earlier in the week, and I saw this thing. I thought it's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to clarify, it's not part of the Select brand? 
it's 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 a diamond brand and it's yeah, not the so select the select is the articulated oh so selects the figures yeah but diamond so they're both like diamond selects the figures then diamond gallery of the yeah. statues yeah, diamond select gallery oh, oh okay select gallery. okay yeah. so they sell the select line but yeah no i think it's a great figure i love how the purple turned out yeah. on thanos i think he's uh scaled pretty nicely there's nothing wrong. I don't want to talk bad. I don't want to get snapped out of the picture or anything. Yeah. I mean, this thing looks so good. I love it. <laughs> no, love the gauntlet. As far as statues go, like it's an incredible line. Like you look at the sculpt and the just the details in the face and in the gauntlet and whatnot, and they're awesome. Like it, yeah. it's really really sharp details. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, sure they might cut a bit of cost on the bases. Yeah, I have the Black Panther from the line. Same thing, but you know. You buy that for sixty dollars Canadian versus the other one six stuff, and in my collection I have both. And the Diamond Select stuff is for sixty dollars is indistinguishable from like the four hundred dollars, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and sometimes like the Diamond Select stuff, the paint jobs are sharper because of the medium that they're working with. So there's no bleeding, there's cool. no rough edges and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan. Like yeah. I was a bit skeptical until I saw them in person, and yeah you honestly can't beat the value for the money. No, and that, that's the big thing. And I'm just looking at here. This got, they came with a little bit of a guide as to what else they have. They have some Defenders, Punisher, Luke Cage, uh, Daredevil. They got the the Black Panther from, which I saw at EB Games at 35 bucks. Yeah. So it's probably going to be my next pickup from Civil War. Yeah, and they've got the a I Guardians have. line too. And this might be my kind of, like I said, you know, dip my toe there, going a little further and getting some of these statues because – to me, that's more manageable. I can mm-hmm. spread out my money a bit yeah. further, and that's exactly what I did. So I bought this. I went and got the movie moments, Captain America versus Thanos Funko Pop set. I got in some Captain Marvel stuff. I found the whole Legends line, actually, from Captain Marvel, starting to drop in a local Walmart, Walmart there. I just picked up the one Captain Marvel with the mask. Looks great. It's well articulated. The paint apps are great. The Brie Larson lookalike, holy, these these legends are doing something special. You know, going from that Scott Lang forward, yeah. they're mm-hmm. all fantastic. This new technology they're using on the legends to scan, it's really upping the game, but for that same price point. We've talked in the past about how the legends are relatively expensive, 30 bucks a pop now, 29 mm-hmm. some odd. And they to move the needle without moving the price point, they've done a lot of this, this face sculpting to make the likeness very close, especially for a $30 figure. And even to the point where I put the Brie Larson head on instead of the helmeted version, which I actually bought the figure for. So it's it's great. I got a Captain America or Captain America, Captain Marvel Funko Pop as well. So I'm starting to fill it with some new stuff here. I'm happy that I had about you know two months off of big hunts, big finds. And then I finally went and pulled the pin the other day. And there you go. Boom, here we go. We got something special in here. So I'm really excited about that. And in comics wise... I, uh, I jumped into to a couple new comics, one being Old Man Quill. Right, so right. So this, yeah. this is a take on uh, Old Man Logan, and then we also had Old Man Hawkeye. Right. And this is Peter Quill way in the future, uh, post-Guardians, all this. First issue, really good. If you're cool. a fan of Guardian stuff, I, I really enjoyed it. I really like this, this Old Man version where you're kind of going off, maybe not into the 616 universe future, right. but maybe something a little askew. And getting a different story, you've got, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything because there's a few good reveals in there just cool. off the hop. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Who's writing this one? This is done by, I got it right here, actually, Ethan Sachs. I'm not familiar with him. Sachs sounds familiar. I don't know about yeah. Ethan, though. Yeah, so it's oh. great. The cover art's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And I did read the um, Age of Republic special. Yeah, what do you think of that one? I really liked it. Yeah. All three stories. So it was a Windu story, Mace yeah. Windu story, Asajj Ventress. Yes. And then a, a Jar Jar. And, and, uh, and uh, 
Rex. Rex, thank you, man. I had a whole... I was going to say Dax. All I was thinking about was the lightsaber and the whole thing. So, yeah, that's a little interesting. Yeah, there's a really cool George scene Art. in the Windu one with the lightsaber as well. Yeah, but great stuff. If you're not reading that Age of Republic stuff and you're a Star Wars fan, definitely jump into that. Does the special cap off that age now of Republic no, move on to... No, because we got Anakin oh, yeah, and then right. there's a Padme, I believe, nice. and there's a couple others as nice. well that come out over the next couple of weeks. Really enjoying it. Yeah, there's like at it. least one more month of, of the Age of Republic. Awesome. Give yeah, me more prequel so, lore. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, awesome stuff. All right, well, that's a, that was a fulfilling week for all three of us. <laughs> wow, I love that, man. Weeks of Nerd, oh, great. We're going to pick up this this discussion a little later on in the episode. Um, but one thing i gotta, I got to just throw out there, this isn't nerd-related at all, but did you guys see that Aladdin trailer? It's attached to the Grammys. Oh, I did see it. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing, we're waiting for after that EW cover and EW spread that they did on Aladdin. You know, Will Smith being in that role of the genie. It's to me, this is taking a bit of a backseat to the likes of Lion King when it comes to these Disney animated uh, reproductions that they're doing in 2019. But I was pretty excited. You know, Will Smith, Aladdin. These yeah. remakes have all been fantastic. And we got a first look at Blue Will Smith, Blue Genie Will Smith here. <laughs> and I have to say, and I think, Carlos, you called it out. You said that it's going to need some touching up still. You know, yeah. we're still, I think this comes out mid-May. So they still got some time to touch some of this up. But from a guy that holds that in the box office fantasy pool, I will say it looks a tad rough out the gate. I, it feels like they're still working on how Will Smith's head fits, his face actually fits yeah. onto the body. Oof. So, Troy, yeah. <laughs> making all kinds of faces here. Yeah, no, I know, man. I'm about to turn blue holding this in. <laughs> man, yeah. I, you know, I was watching the Grammys, and um, I was fast-forwarding through the commercials. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, did I, whoa, whoa what was that? Was that Will Smith's reveal? At the out at you, like, in the trailer. <laughs> and, um, you know, going back, those EW covers for you have never done justice to even... The Marvel properties, Star Wars, nothing. you know, Star Wars, you look at Apocalypse, like, it's horrible coverage what they do there. And when I saw the Aladdin, I was like, okay, well, he's not blue, but it's still not a great cover. So I saw Boss Logic did the whole Photoshop blue and I was like, oh, okay, whatever, cool. Seeing this trailer though, you get the whole, you know, behind the shoulder angle of Genie and he has like a ripped back and it's like, okay, this is interesting. And then it goes forward and in front of the character... I was like, what? This is, a, this is kind of a hot mess. Like, his neck was weird from There's his face. Funny. There's a disconnect yeah. for sure. And just when he is coming at Aladdin, it was kind of like scary and odd in a weird way. Like, I can't really uh, put my finger on it, but it's really, uh, I don't know, man. I, because the thing is, with the first trailer, everybody was asking for the genie, right? So they were holding off clearly to be like, no, we're going to give you the genie when we're ready. This is the Grammys, right? Uh, Will Smith has a pretty big you know, presence in the music world. So I'm thinking they're going to come correct here if you're going to show us yeah, the genie I, you know, Aladdin. I didn't think of that, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? makes it worse. <laughs> right? So, so for them to come off like that, I was like, you're right though, totally, Carlos. I believe they are going to finish it up by the time we get to May. Um, but still, like, how much better is it really going to make this look? And this is just a little clip, right? The movie could be fantastic, you know, but I think the genie did have a pretty big presence in the original film. So Huge. It was a huge presence, Rob right? Williams. Like, yeah. that was like a yeah, massive part well, see, of it. and that's the thing that this film's been fighting in the first place this whole time is like, who's going to be the genie? And then we got the cast and it's like, well, it's not Robin Williams, obviously. So it's like, you're always going to have that uphill battle regardless yeah. because no one can beat him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, kind of a letdown. And even as a trailer alone, even if I didn't see the genie, I was kind of like, not the greatest trailer because yeah, yeah. a lot of it was the same from the first one. You contrast that to the, the reception that the Lion King got. 
which exactly. is inherently a very similar remake of a something that came out in the mid 90s yep. from disney animated right yep. and you're looking at this saying like we we're freaking out about the lion king yeah um and it has really no relevance to what we do here in the podcast yeah. but i guess the same as a lot in here but it does factor <laughs> into the box office fantasy pool yeah. but at the end of the day like i agree with you if you're gonna put something out there and if it's just not ready because the, and the internet, and this is part of what we do, you know, yeah. we're slightly maybe more on the critical end when things hit that don't look as good. And I'd never want to take away from the effort that people do put into these things. I'm sure there's like hundreds and hundreds of man hours that go into For this. For sure. And I'm sure going to put out a quality product. But if you're not, if you're not quite ready, I'm okay with just like showing the back of them. For or sure. Or something, right? Just, For sure. Just all you have to do is prove people that he was going to be blue. Right. That's right. it. Or just have like the smoke coming out of the land. Yeah, exactly. That open that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know with everything with Aladdin. Like if you look at Beauty and the Beast when they were heading into that in the first trailers, mm-hmm. like they all seemed very refined and very polished. Yeah. yeah. But with everything with Aladdin, there's been this awkwardness to right? it from like the first shots of the cast. The costumes to... look very costume like stage, not like theatrical yeah you know? and it's just weird like yeah. and there's all the reports of disney doing like brown face because they couldn't find actors yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, I heard and about just, that. like there's an uncharacteristically awkward yeah is yeah. how i would yeah. put my feelings on aladdin like i'm i'm reserving judgment until yeah. it comes out but yeah and it, it, it's almost like that blue genie reveal of will smith like typified what <laughs> yeah what this kind of background sentiment was for mm-hmm. me so yeah yeah it's an odd movie well i hope you guys all go and see it nonetheless because <laughs> i'm gonna need that <laughs> lots point. of people are gonna see that movie yeah it's aladdin yeah, yeah. fingers crossed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right guys let's let's jump into some of the news for this week dc extended universe you know we've we've had more dc news in the last month or two than we probably have had in all of 2018 which has been fantastic it's all been very positive news ever since the switch went off at wonder woman and then was fully flicked on with aquaman we've seen nothing but positive things with birds of prey we got the joker we got the announcements from last week about the batman what we're doing next in the dc extended universe and more of that is coming here with confirmation that Aquaman, that billion-dollar man, is not only getting a sequel. I guess they haven't officially announced the sequel, but now that there's a writer attached to it, who is David Leslie Johnson McCorrick. I think I said this right, McGoldrick. Um, quite a name. But he also wrote Aquaman One alongside James Wan, adapting a story from Jeff Johns and that. And he's been hired to write the script for Aquaman Two, the sequel to follow up DC Extended Universe's second billion dollar film i guess or at least maybe the most recent billion dollar film and that's fairly exciting news like of course we're gonna get a sequel to this you know are you guys are you guys stoked about it you know what do you think and carlos my man is is uh is aquaman kind of top list for you my man yeah like (laughs) i can't fully be sanjay like (laughs) i i you know I, i quite loved aquaman i love jason moe in the role i think they're doing some exciting things yeah um, with the character and building out the lore, I think the writer is a great choice. He did a good job working with Jeff Johns and James Wan on the script of the first one. He's done. He did a Conjuring movie proper. I think he did The Orphan as well. Yeah, so, he did Conjuring two and three. Yeah, and so he's got that connection to James Wan, which frequent if, collaborator. Yeah. yeah, if his guy is writing it, that's laying the foundation for him to come back and direct it, which. I think is his intent and Warner Brothers intent, but um, he kind of said he's not signing on to anything until there's a script in place yeah. and until 
he's confident in it. So one of those things that's going to build his confidence will be his guy writing the movie and stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know, like I've read Aquaman on and off for years and there's lots of material to mine there. And like when Aquaman is middling, it's, it's really middling, but when it, it's seminal stories are some of the best stuff in comics. So you can certainly milk it for three, four movies type of thing. Like you can, you can get a solid Aquaman trilogy. And then, you know, if you quasi retire Jason Momoa's Aquaman at the end of the third one, and then have Calder maybe take it on and turn it into your own type of lore or whatever you want to do. Or maybe you go back full blonde area and Aquaman all of a sudden. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that guy's going to be impossible to replace in the role. So. Yeah, never. Yeah. Yeah. Momoa's going to play him until he's well into his late 60s. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and there's a funny pull in Lego Movie 2, which oh, really? like came out months after yeah. Aquaman, but that they worked that into awesome. their film. Oh, cool. Awesome. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm totally stoked for the sequel. I think that's great. It makes sense, obviously. This movie made a billion dollars, right? And we're going to stop right here. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to pump the brakes right now. Um, So I'm excited for that. The only thing is, it's the spinoff thing I don't really care too much for. I'd actually rather have like a Mirror spinoff. Yeah, Mira? so we're talking here that the the trench is what they're yes. talking about here. Yes. Uh, Hollywood Reporter yeah. announced that there was a spinoff to Aquaman yeah. in the works. It was going to focus around the trench. So those were the uh, ugly looking flipper dudes so that you cool. saw pre the dive, deep dive into uh, going to get the the trident there. Yeah, that incredible shot. Oh yeah, wow, it's, the it's money beautiful. Shot. The cinematography yeah. there is awesome. But it, to me, it seems like an odd focus yeah. for a spinoff. Um, you know, Aquaman and, and some of the other things that they had done, you're looking for some sort of audience relationship. You can kind of project yourself into some of that a little bit. These guys, I don't know what they're going to do. How they, they To me, they, they don't talk, no. seemingly. So I don't know how they're going to do it. They're talking about a little bit of a horror spin on this. Makes sense. Which makes sense. Yeah. You know, James Wan's producing. He's in that space. But I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not seeing this right yet. It yeah. wouldn't be something that would come top to mind to me when I saw Aquaman and spinoff. Right. You know, you're thinking maybe some of the other, you know, of the seven tribes or whatever they're called. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But, but I guess going back, like, I don't know. I remember, I know Sanjay's big into Aquaman, but I can't remember in the movie if they explained the trench used to be like functional people, yeah, right? Yeah, Beings of some sort. into... Right. So maybe we get like more of an origin story telling that to see their fall, which could be kind of yeah. cool with a little bit of a horror take, but... And there is some cool backstory to the trench. Yeah, cool. My my take on it is like Juan said that he had a passion for the characters, which yeah. is what the genesis of this project is. But I I kind of see it being a low budget horror yeah. type thing. Yeah. Like I I would, if I was to hazard a guess, I think it'd be kind of a creature from the Black Lagoon thing, where you yeah. have maybe one or two of them terrorizing cool. like a resort or something like that, right. or. Um, you have a ship that breaks down and the oh, trench are attacking the ship yep. and it's a bit of an aliens type thing. Like, uh, I, I see it being... The ship at sea, obviously, right? These things are... Yeah. Yeah, like... Uh, mean, you put an alien spin on that, yeah. right? Just one or two of them. Because, like, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about the thousands, like the right. hordes we saw. Yeah. And how do you make a film out of that? These yeah. mindless trench drones. 300, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That are running around after things. When ins- and as soon as you insert that movie into their world, you, like, the the bank is just going to, the yeah. withdrawal slips are going to start piling up yeah. because it's going to cost you a ton of money. Right. Exactly. So if you have one of these things that gets cut off from the rest of its, yeah. from the rest of its pack or its tribe and it's terrorizing people on land and 
you could probably get that movie I, done for like sold. 20 million. I, I like that, that alien take. It's like, yeah, just yeah, single it out. Yeah. You don't need this this massive amount of, of CGI. You can have this very simple, very in the dark, you know, not using a lot of light tones or anything like yeah. that. I, you know what? That'd be pretty cool. You've got me thinking here yeah, a little man. bit. Because my immediate thing was, I was kind of was like, eh, sure, whatever. They're going to do whatever to milk this a little bit. But I think that's the key. And I like what they're doing with the sequel is that, of course, they're going to announce it, but they're not rushing to it, right? It's not yeah. like, we need Aquaman out in the first quarter of 2021. Let's get filming this thing. We'll make the story up as we go and just figure it out. No, they're going to take their time. Yeah, That's what killed them yeah. coming into yeah. the DCU, yeah, that's right? Because yeah. it's just like, well, we did Man of Steel, and Man of Steel did what it did. And um, I have my own personal opinions on why the reception was that it was, like, I think it's one of the best comic book Agreed. movies yeah. ever. Preach, man. But it's like, I remember at the time, like you could tell that there was like a bit of blockbuster fatigue and like the critics and stuff like that. I think they were just tired of going to see these huge movies weekend after weekend. Right. And, and that movie in particular, having the tone that it did, and then you're coming off of um, the MCU stuff that everybody was loving. Right. Yeah, it took a bit of a hit and then it put like the critics and fans in this negative death spiral. And then right. Yeah, right. it, I think it, Christopher Nolan too. You're coming off the heels of that trilogy as well, right? Totally, and mixed then you, bag. Yeah, yeah. You go into BVS, and it's like you're kind of dealing with stuff from Man of Steel, and then before BVS even hits theaters, you've already written checks for your Justice League movie yeah. that's coming out, and it's like there's no no time for a, a pause and an assessment, and yeah. yeah. That's what they're doing a lot better too. Even pushing out Wonder Woman to, to 2020, give yeah. that a little bit of time to breathe, produce the best movies possible. And that's what I'm loving what DC's doing right now. And even with regards to Man of Steel, now you mentioned this, there's Cavill's out there making some waves on the internet now. He's posting some photos. We mentioned it last week. And to me, this guy looks like he's beefing up for a oh, Superman film. But apparently his trainer came out and said, no, 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 it's for this Netflix series, The Witcher. Yeah. But the guy is enormous. Huge. Like huge. Which is almost bigger than ever. Yeah, oh, like if right. I could Definitely. look half that size, I would be super happy. But <laughs> yeah. do, do you think there is something else out there? Like, is there a cameo in Shazam? It's rumored that there is something that they may or may not use. It depends on Cavill's future in the universe. And you guys both being DC readers, is there a story for a Man of Steel 2 that you could think would be well-received, well-adapted for maybe something a little different. Take that Superman we saw at the end of Justice League. Yeah. How do you port that over into a Man of Steel 2 or a sequel to whatever they've created there? You know, What, what are you guys' thoughts? Let's, let's talk top-end cameo and Shazam. What do you think, man? Uh, I think... Man, it's so tough. I, I think before I said I, if I had to, I'd say my money's more on a Black Adam yeah. to show up there, but... I really don't know, man. If anything, we could even just have like kind of like a back shot of Superman, or Superman's just like flying off somewhere, but you don't really see Henry Cavill, yeah, as Superman. If I'd have to, I just don't know if he's there yet. I don't know. I don't know if he's there, man. It's hard to say with that one. Yeah, like I, I think they've tied Superman to Shazam as kind of this mentor yeah. in all the preceding materials so much, like the animated movie, and there's a couple comic book series that were. Clark mentoring Billy Batson and stuff right. like that. So, Kingdom Come too, right? There was some big stuff there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. They had the big blowout at the end and like that was amazing. So I, I think there's a fan expectation so they have to do something. Yeah. Um, the rumors that I'm hearing is that it's a, a faceless cameo. Right. Which I'm cool with. Like, 
I love Superman, so he needs to have a presence and he needs like King of the World. Yeah, it's going to be Henry Cavill coming in and he's going to be Clark Kent talking to him and then like doing the shirt rip and them flying off or something like that. Like, right. That's the fanboy dream. But yeah. like realistically, if I just get the closing shot is Superman flying in and the movie ends before you see his face whatever i'll take yeah it. yeah um there's rumors that cavill filmed the cameo yeah, but did, yeah. the contract status and all that kind of stuff is does warner brothers want to burn that contract and then they're in a position where they have to renegotiate with cavill and depending on what the rumors of demands and stuff yeah. are mm. for me personally like just reading the tea leaves and trying to be objective about it um so his so shazam is being developed by Seven Bucks Productions, which is The Rock's production yeah, company. Right. Uh, Black Adam is obviously going to be done by the same company. Um, Danny Garcia is The Rock's manager and his ex-wife. She's also Henry Cavill's manager. So taking Henry Cavill out of it, the biggest guy in Hollywood right now is The Rock. Yeah. And Warner Brothers is not going to want to A, sewer that, recept- that relationship with right. him. And B, they've got like a minimum of two, if not three movies in development with the guy yeah. and his production company. So I, I kind of think something will get done. Yeah, he seems like the obvious draw too, right? I, I think, like you said, fanboy expectation is a bit of that Superman Shazam. But if you're looking to put butts into seats for a sequel or for something later for a Black Adam film, putting The Rock there guarantees you that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a staunch... Dwayne Johnson, The Rock supporter. Yeah, man. Even for some of his crazy movies that you know he's making it for a specific audience. I'm, I'm totally down for, for him making an appearance there. And I think that's where they're going. I don't know if Superman has a place in this film in particular. I think it's about setting up this Shazam universe first. And if it's a faceless cameo, I'm really cool with that too. I'm mm-hmm. cool with anything. But I really think it's going to be, you know, you, you're putting that and laying that out on the table. And that, to me, makes the most sense. Yeah. Is that it has to be Black Adam. I, to be honest, I think it'll be both. Because Black Adam is, like, the historic champion of Shazam, yes. right? So I think you'll get a Black Adam cameo during whatever kind of um, backstory um, universe setup that you get. So right. if it's if it's the wizard telling Billy Batson the history of his champions and stuff like that, maybe you get the one shot, like the money shot of the rock in the costume. Yeah. The amorphous blob that is that the rock, but put together in CG or whatever. And then, yeah. And you'll get like the bookend cameo with Superman. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's just wishful thinking, but I honestly think that the, antagonist for the black adam movie should be superman yeah that, you get, yeah you gotta put those at some point two together i don't know maybe they're waiting for something bigger yeah like because i think like the the climax of the series will be black adam versus shazam right so yeah. you need somebody for him to pound on so yeah that's true i think yeah. superman might be that guy <laughs> <laughs> now as far as sequels to man of steel Again, pulling on your comic book backgrounds, what do you guys want to see adapted? Or maybe a better way to put the question is, setting the fanboy aside, what do you think the best story is to put in front of a big audience to try to sway that opinion of Superman back towards the positive light? Is there something out there that you guys think would fit that? Or is, from my opinion, because I don't have a huge background in Superman, I find the character a little bit hard to bring to film because you need someone like a Zod to go head to head with him. I'm right. looking for something that is a bit more 
realistic in his opponent. Like putting him against Batman, yeah, you have the technology of the Kryptonite. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But when you put him against Zod, I was like, yeah, I'm in. 100% yeah. believable. Yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I'll throw this to you first, Troy. Yeah, it's a tough one for me because when I go back to Superman, I started like mid-New 52 run when um, your, your favorite artist, John Romano Jr., <laughs> oh, hopped on there. Yes! Your favorite artist too? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, oh, favorite man. artist. Yeah. 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 Sarcasm and air quotes. And it's so funny because like I, I love his dad with a passion. Yeah, with his, like, his original Spider-Man there, right? Oh, yeah. Like I... My my tat guy, he's just salivating because he knows that that's the next piece. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that. The dad, I want to get tattooed on my body. And it's wicked. Like, the son, I... really, it's it's cool for me. I just I love what he does with Spider Man. I love what he did with Cap. I oh, love his what he Cap did with... run was brutal, man. Yeah, <laughs> the, the run wasn't the greatest, but I love I love how Cap looked gritty, long hair, yeah. shield on his shoulder. He looked great. Um, oh, I love man. what he did with Superman. I love what he did with All Star Batman, but. It's all good. We digress. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So yeah, my knowledge of Superman, it's it's kind of funny because when I started reading him, the character was going through like drastic tra- changes. Like he had like a solar flare power. Yeah. He um, lost his power at one point. He's like wearing the jeans and the shirt, like that kind of era. And then also when you go into like rebirth, he has like a son and he's married to Lois Lane. So it's hard for me to pull a story that would fit sequel in this world because you need to do like a sophomore superman as opposed to like a superman that's been there done it all kind of thing where i kind of been reading so the only thing i can use to answer this is i just wish if they took a director like matthew vaughn or the rumor that they had james gunn even at one point i'd love to see that kind of take and give it some of that flavor that they've been known to give to like a kick-ass or a um a guardians of the galaxy a touch of that kind of like fun in the film yeah. yeah without so much of the grit that we had in the snyder universe but um i just don't want to see like a rehash of the uh the zod like the zod is great that's my favorite because yeah. we've seen him fight the aliens too often but it's tough because you got to have him go up against an opponent that can go toe-to-toe with them yeah so it's really hard to Believably. do yeah exactly yeah for me it's like it kind of goes back to what you said with getting the audience to reconnect with them so for me it's like I think you have to go smaller and do a more intimate mm-hmm. story. I think you have to do a story that it's like a 60-40 Superman-Clark-Lois type split. Um, I, As much as people want to see Brainiac and yeah. do that whole thing, like do not do anything where there's some kind of extraterrestrial threat for this movie. Um, what, like, I think you do something like Superman Peace on Earth, which was like that Alex Ross, yeah. where he's trying to feed the entire world in one day. Cool. And maybe you don't do that, but right. you, you draw from that and you draw from um, the Superman for all seasons and a, a few of those quieter things where it shows Clark kind of being the moral compass. Yeah. I think the biggest appeal for me with Superman is you have the guy that can do anything and get himself anything and amass whatever he wants to amass, but he doesn't because it's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so he helps people. And and I think that's what you play on. Mm-hmm. And there's a story called um, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. And it's kind of, it introduces a character called Manchester Black. And he's kind of got a group of these gritty, hardcore heroes um, with him. But they're very cutthroat and no holes barred kind of thing. And it shows the world kind of embracing them because they go into political hotspots where Superman is kind of told... Um, the UN that he won't go and interfere and they go and they'll decimate whichever side they think is the right side and they might not be completely correct and the story was amazing and there's actually an animated adaptation of it as well 
called Superman versus the Elite, which was not not a bad adaptation of it. I think I missed that one. But it, yeah. it like basically what it does is it really highlights why Superman's a hero and what internally makes him that symbol of hope that we should aspire to be and right. um, why men should kind of follow his example and stuff yeah. like that, right? So Cool. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of, it's like the superhero version of what they're doing in Marvel with Captain America. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Because that's yeah. what I've always said for a while there is I feel like Captain America is like the closest on-screen presence of a superhero we've had going, you know, this far late into like superhero films as opposed to like the Donner universe, right? Yeah, and it's like... And, like, that whole example I gave you has nothing to do with, like, the Donner stuff, right? Mm. Which is kind of that accusation that gets thrown when it's like, well, I want a more hopeful Superman. It's like, oh, you just want Richard Donner Superman. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, no the no. character exists before yeah. and after. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. And yeah. it's like, yeah, the, the version of him that exists in kind of 90% of everything that's been done is this guy who's just a good guy that yeah. Yeah. can do whatever he wants for himself, but yeah. he's totally selfless. And right. Yeah, like, are you reading um, Doomsday Clock right now? Uh, first two issues. So okay. I think Superman's even there yet. Oh, okay. The first two. I don't want to spoil yeah. it for you, but, yeah. like, Grabs and I spent, like, an oh, afternoon yeah. just exchanging messages <laughs> oh, about, yeah, I like, believe this, it. <laughs> this Superman in Russia in the fall oh, and man. everything else. It's, like, it's a nine-issue run, I think, right? The Captain at nine or eight. It's meant to be eight and then moved to nine. To twelve. Maybe twelve now. <laughs> yeah, sounds <laughs> yeah, right. So... <laughs> like, all events. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really cool because, you know, like I said at the top when we started discussing this, is that I've always had an issue connecting to Superman because I've never read it and I've seen it on film. I've seen some of the Donner stuff. Not all of it. Man of Steel, I loved but I, I found it fell short in Batman vs. Superman, even Justice League. I just, towards the end, I started to get there a little bit. And, you know, I want a bit more of that. So it's interesting hearing this. And I like your thoughts on something that's a bit more intimate with Clark Kent as well as Superman. And I think that's a probably the best way to go to reconnect a wider audience to that character. Because you look at the DC Extended Universe right now. Who are your two golden children? Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Go figure. Batman and Superman aren't even there. That, to me, is crazy. And I think they're working towards changing that. And not that they have to remove those two. They just have to tack the other two onto the side. Yeah. Superman and Batman. They have to take those characters that have been around for decades, decades, and make them what they were. They have to stand on top of different stories and present these characters in a different fashion. And Matt Reeves is going to do that. And whoever takes up the helm of Man of Steel, I believe, is going to do that, too. So it's exciting times with DC Extending Universe. You know, it's very positive yes. talk, which is yeah. encouraging. Yeah. You know, you look at Twitter, you look at social media. The DC Extended Universe is now spoken with a twist of positivity. Yes. Which yeah. is very different than what we saw two, three years ago. Even in myself, you know, I was, I was a fairly, you know, hard critic on Batman vs. Superman because I expected more out of that universe. And they're delivering now, which I'm, I'm super stoked about. Yeah. Better watch out, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie's going to send the hitman. Uh-oh. <laughs> Lighten up a lot. <laughs> Threats. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's let's spend a little bit of time over in the Marvel Universe. Um, I'm going to... We're going to go straight to Avengers Endgame here, I think. Nice. There was a little bit of news about some animated stuff going to Hulu. But just given some of the time constraints here, we're going to kind of maybe port that over to, to next week. So I want to talk about end game here and some of the latest details we got so last week we talked about the super bowl trailer and first off the hop carlos what what's your high level thoughts on end game here are you you hyped sorry are you in of course you're in. oh <laughs> i'm so in it's unbelievable to be honest like the 
the thing that really grabbed me was just those opening shots as you're flying in and you're seeing like the world as a whole yeah dealing with the decimation and then the time has passed so i was like yes. okay that's cool so you're kind of in that spot a few hours after where the end credit scene was with fury coming out of the car and the helicopters crashing and stuff and then it's like well no you're not you're you're like weeks and months, if not years after yeah, that. Yeah, I'm thinking years, yeah. Yeah, there's support groups and the, the posters up on the wall. And I was like, that's cool. Like that, I was already really excited for Endgame to see where they take things and how they resolve the aftermath of Infinity War. But seeing that, I was just like, oh, that that took it to the next level. Yeah, haunting. Like yeah. It, it looks incredible. Now, with that in mind... <laughs> The, the Russo brothers are starting to do their rounds a little bit here as we're in pre-prep for the inevitable big push for marketing of this film. You know, we've seen two teaser trailers. We're getting rumblings of action figures and all this coming out. A little bit of leaks here. But Joe Russo, he was out and he's saying that the film is up around the three-hour mark for runtime. Now, this puts you ass in seat for probably three and a half hours when you include that half an hour to sit there and watch car commercials and all that. So yes. <laughs> first things first, what are your guys thoughts on a three hour MCU film? This will be probably the first modern blockbuster to tick over that three hour mark. It'll be the longest by far, I guess by about 20 minutes to half an hour longer than Avengers infinity war. Do you think three hours is appropriate? <laughs> and I guess on top of that, they're also considering an intermission. So stopping the movie halfway through, giving you 10 minutes or so to stretch your legs, take a leak, maybe grab some more popcorn, fill up, and then plug back in for what's inevitably going to be an amazing hour and a half of the second part of Avengers Endgame. So, Carlos, what's your thoughts on the three-hour runtime and then the inclusion of an intermission and all this? Yeah, three hours, I'm... I say bring it. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> if that's what you need to tell your story, like as long as you don't have a bunch of filler and and in this case just surely based on the story that you're telling, you're not going to have that, right? Like no. even if you're sprinting, you could fill 3 hours and it it'll be pretty brisk. So um there's a lot of story to tell, so take your time to tell your story the best possible way that you can and and it's also I think we can all agree like this will be a bit of a swan song for the MCU as we know it and it'll be something different after Endgame yeah. so I'd like to see it being given justice as far as an intermission goes um hey like I I saw Titanic I was dating at the time so I saw Titanic a lot of times in the theaters <laughs> and uh you can do it like yeah. you, you don't need an intermission I think that one was actually north of three hours yeah um, Lord of the Rings too right yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings. And, um, Return of the King I think yeah. was up near that yeah yeah so yeah, you can do it if if people need to take a break. Let they can take a break. I I'm kind of opposed to an intermission because I think it'll be chaos. Yeah. Because yeah. like, how long is it gonna be? And if it's not like it, almost has to be 20, 20 minutes to At make least. sure people can get into the bathroom and do all that type of stuff. So I think you're better off just not having it. Yeah. Um, because I'd hate to be coming back to the movie after it's been interrupted for this intermission and then for the next 15 minutes there's people filing back in because they got stuck in the concession line and it's not going to be a small movie so like you think of all those shows having all these people spilling in and out of those theaters like ugh, it, yes. it'd be good for popcorn sales maybe but yeah. I, I if i was a theater owner i wouldn't want to deal with it like 
No. <laughs> I'd handle catheters maybe or something or like, I don't know. Maybe you do a disclaimer, like when you're doing your little pre-show thing. Yeah. Maybe Marvel pays to Take have one. Leak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it says like, like a quasi warning. This is a three hour movie. Please ensure that you're settled and ready yeah. for it kind of thing. And yeah, like I, I've do what you need to do to tell your story and people will figure it out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 No, the three hour runtime. I'm, I'm totally cool with that, man. Give me more. How, how long was uh infinity war again? It's about two and a half hours. Yeah. Two yeah. Hours no. and 40 minutes. And, and it flew by, man. Yeah. yeah. It really did. Well, when that movie ended, I was waiting for more. I was yeah, like, okay, exactly. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, give it to me. I love all that time with, uh, with those characters and there's so much to tell. And it's like the end game, obviously, right? It's the end of this, uh, what? 22, 23. Yeah, it'll be the 22nd film. Yeah. Wow. So take your time with it. The intermission, yeah, I think they got scratched that. I think it'd just be, yeah, like you mentioned, just chaos over there if you were to do that. And and I don't want to be interrupted. I just want to be engaged in this film, yeah. bumping elbows with you guys, losing my mind nonstop yeah. for three hours. I don't want to get I don't know. Maybe it's just me, though. I'm pretty good at just sitting there and just taking it all in. doesn't matter what Especially film Especially if it's an engaging film. Exactly. Right? If you're not checking your watch. And the Russo brothers have produced some of the best films in, in comic book movie lore, right? Yeah. And to me, their style of writing with Christopher Marcus and uh, McFeely there, Stephen McFeely, these guys, they put together a crisp and brisk story. Um, I've never felt myself wanting less in a Russo brother movie. No. Let alone the movie that's capping all this off. So I'm, I'm totally down for three hours. You want to give me 320? I, I'm, I'm game. And I'm going on the fence with the intermission thing. When you guys put it in perspective about the chaos in the theater, I never really thought about that. I'm thinking, oh, this would be cool if we're in the theater. I'm thinking probably like a an older theater where you can walk out and there's like 40 people there. You can <laughs> high five a bit, take a piss, and then head back to the theater and everyone sits down a cordial way. It's not going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be filing out with like 150 people you know, all in line for the bathroom, I'm going to probably get more frustrated with it than I would if we just kind of plowed through. I've never had any issues. I've never felt the need to get up and go to the washroom yeah. halfway through. I just don't drink pop or water in it. And you're right. Once I'm engaged, I, I want the story just to flow right through. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm still on the fence a little bit. I see some value in it. But at the end of the day, when you look at pure box office... You know, does this put a dent in how many shows you can have? If you add up four showings worth of 20 minutes to half an hour intermissions, right. that's a showing of a film. So you have one less showing per theater, right? While you're doing these intermissions. And I, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think you need it. I think the audience will ante up and just sit there and want that story. Yeah. Like how do you, because it would almost feel like two hour and a half films because you kind of have to end something right yeah cliffhanger or whatever exactly. yeah like how do you, you can't just it? like cut it at a sequence when it's like okay we're ready to go to the quantum realm break yeah <laughs> you know there's got to be a there's got to be a logical split when you do that yeah and then yeah. you wonder like okay just give me two two and a half hour films then yeah. <laughs> but that's being a little bit greedy <laughs> so three hour runtime and we've got kind of a synopsis now as well courtesy of disney's australian official Avengers Endgame website. Now, I I went and checked this out. I got the, the quote here from Collider, I believe. And they've now subsequently taken it off of the Disney Australian website. I couldn't find it, but it is all over the internet. Here's the synopsis I think is official. I'm going to put official in air quotes here because that hasn't been officially confirmed from my perspective. But after the dev devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins due to the efforts of the mad Titan Thanos. 
With the help of the remaining allies, the Avengers must assemble once more in order to undo Thanos' actions and restore order to the universe once and for all, no matter what the consequences may be in store. So to me, there's two big things that come out of this. One is undoing Thanos' actions. So to me, which seems, you know, time travel reversion and all this, and no matter what the consequences may be in store, which speaks to the potential death of or trading of lives for some of our probably core original Avengers here. Are you guys reading into the same way as I am? Are you seeing kind of this time travel reversing what Thanos is doing instead of moving forward and, and changing it in some other fashion? Are, are you are you guys seeing the same thing? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, and I think it kind of was put together in a way so it's like, yeah, we're not going to go all the way back. So Captain America ends up in 1945 yeah. with Peggy Carter forever. And like, it's just, it was very specific that they're going back to... Yeah, kind of the battle in Wakanda or just preceding it to stop that from happening, which is the story they set out to tell anyway. Yeah. So. yeah. It's been in the marketing too. We've seen the reverse A and everything like that going on. Like it's blatant in our face that yeah. they're reversing this stuff, right? So. Yeah. And I think to me, and this is what we've said before too, with going back and undoing what Thanos did, it's less about that action of undoing it and and more about how you get there. The journey is how yeah. they get there. The story that's in there. You know, there's all that debate as to when uh, Spider-Man Far From Home happens. And yeah. people are saying it happens after Infinity War, but before Avengers Endgame. And so there's all this weird stuff going back and forth about time travel and how it fits in. Endgame actually ends before Infinity War. So it's with time travel and all that, yeah. right? It's yeah, right. this craziness. So yeah, I, I'm more excited for that. And when I read this, this is exactly what we expected of the film, right? Is that there's going to be consequences. That's mm -hmm. what the word I like in here. Yes. There's going to have to be some sort of trading of lives. That's my, what I've taken from the start of this from Captain America was we don't trade lives except for when Captain America has to do it at the end of Endgame <laughs> to bring back the rest of the universe. Tony, Tony, yeah. Tony. Well, there it is. There yeah, it maybe. Is. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of our original six Avengers, we got our first, I, it seems official, but maybe leaked art from Avengers Endgame. And this is the original six Avengers from Avengers 2012, yeah. all geared up in their new costumes. Now we've got Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye slash Ronin and Hulk slash Professor Hulk. It's for, for me, the, the standouts here are really Professor Hulk, Ronin and the Captain America. Cause he's got that, that, you know, that scale mail. Yeah. It, it looks good. It looks good. But Professor Hulk is what's capturing people. His likeness on this looks very much like Mark Ruffalo. He's got a little of the gray there. <laughs> How's everyone feeling about a potential for, for Professor Hulk? Well, having read those comics when Peter David was running through, like, I, I hardcore love Professor Hulk. Like, it was just so smart and so funny, and there was so much you could do. And, and I'm actually excited to see how they go from Banner wrestling with the Hulk in um, Infinity War to having the merged Hulk kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it looks kind of cool. So. Yeah, different, right? And I think they did the work in Infinity War to make this believable in Endgame. You know, if we had to just jump from Ragnarok to Professor Hulk, you're questioning where yeah. there's a lot of, of leaping ass there. Mm -hmm. This to me is that there's going to be some weird amalgamation of the only way the Hulk can come out is if Banner's half of him, right? Right. I, so I really yeah. like that. I like the evolution that they're going through. Well, and to their credit, like they planted little seeds like at the end of Age of Ultron yep. to Ragnarok and they never had to use them. Yeah. But yeah, here we are and 
It's time. It's, yeah, it's looking like they're going to pull the trigger on him. Yeah, well, it's it's cool. Like, the brilliant thing, what they've been doing in these Avengers films is, like, not only are we getting, like, more of, like, a Cap story as well, we're also getting, like, the conclusion of, like, other core members like the Hulk. Like, you go back to, like, what you mentioned, Age of Ultron, even Avengers, and we're seeing, like, a Hulk movie almost in, in yeah. itself, right? Which yeah. is pretty cool. A little bit same with Black Widow. Um, I like the designs of the set photos. I, I'm obviously a big fan of Captain America finally having that, that chain mail, like you mentioned. Yeah. That's key. I just wish he had a little bit more white on the on the arms on the bicep because that's that's cap for me. He has to have a little bit more of that white. But uh, besides that, though, I love um, Iron Man's costume. Yes, I'm, I, I I love it because that looks to me again going back more. It's like the original Iron Man, but souped up. So he has like more gold on the arms. I think. Yep. More gold on the legs. I think. And, yep. Yeah. So I I really like what they're doing there. And Black Widow has the red hair going on again. So yeah, that's that that works for me, man. What did you call Hawkeye's haircut? Oh, that was like the <laughs> midlife crisis haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have one of those one day. <laughs> My hair's going to look exactly like that. Yeah. I'm digging this Ronin character for, for Hawkeye. I'm hoping yeah. that, and I think he will survive, and I'd like to see him take up that mantle post-Endgame and give us something a bit more Hawkeye with a bit more of a, a character development to chew into. And we, we may or may not see that here. But I'm loving this first look. Whether it's, I know it's legit, but whether it's on purpose or not is another right. story. But I love this first look is with the original six Avengers. I think it's so appropriate. I love what they're leading into here. We saw, you know, the, the walk as we moving into the, the end of the Endgame trailer there. We're still missing that Hawkeye presence, or not Hawkeye, sorry, Iron Man presence in this. Mm-hmm. This, to me, I'm hoping it speaks to a little bit that we're going to have that meetup. You know, there's theories throwing out there that Tony's going to die prior to all of this, prior to them having that that final reconciliation between Captain America and Iron Man. I want to see that. This is giving me a little hope that we're going to have another maybe circular moment with the original six Avengers defending against something. Nice. I think that would be a nice way to kind of take this full circle from what they established in 2012 to what they're finishing with in 2019. Yeah. When in hindsight, it doesn't seem like that long, but because there's so many films, so many characters and so much time we've invested in this universe, I feel like I've been with this since I was like 10 years old. I know. I know. Yeah, it's well, wild. the growth in the characters too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. It's, you know, when you contrast this to what, like, you know, the big step outs are, you know, Thor looks completely different. He's had a whole big character change. Hulk, all of them have evolved so much across Mm -hmm. a string of films, whether it be trilogies or whether it's just presence in team up films like Black Widow, like Hawkeye, like Hulk, like you said. Yeah. It's, it's all these characters that have had some form of, of quasi film and massive arc across films like you know, look at the Hulk. He goes from his own solo film that's kind of part of the MCU to Avengers, and he bounces around to Avengers films, the Ragnarok, in and out. Widow the same way. She's got a ton of appearances to her name, and she's never had a solo editing until maybe sometime later on that's in the right. future. Yeah, crazy stuff. Endgame is coming at us. You know, April 26th cannot come soon enough. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> All right. To cap this episode off, guys, we've got about 15 minutes or so here, and I want to talk about collecting. Carlos, you are a massive collector. You've got some beautiful <laughs> stuff. Thanks, I'm, thro- I'm throwing all the praise on you because you deserve it, because the stuff that you've put out there has completely blown our minds. And being that you guys hear us you know, week in, week out, talk about collecting, but we never sit down and just have a bit of a round table as far as, you know, how and why we collect, you know, Troy and I have gone through that a little bit, but I want to, I want to hear some stories from you guys. Let's, let's have a little bit of fun with this. Let's talk about maybe some comic collecting, some high end collectibles, and just provide a little bit of insight 
into this, I'll kind of kick this off because when we started talking here about this portion of the podcast pre-record, Carlos asked one question. He says, you know, why do I collect this? Is there something in there that you think to yourself, why the hell <laughs> do I spend money on this? But you have to because, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, the plastic anxiety, you know, when it comes to action figure <laughs> collecting, to want the need to be a part of grabbing black series or, or whatever, statues, something. It's, to me, it's, the, it's that thrill. But when I look back at, at my collection, you know, Fungal Pops, I have such a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I think that's all of us. I, I love these things to death. But do I need 50 or 60 in a bin in my back room? Probably not. But I just can't escape Funko Pops. I don't know what the draw is to them. I'm not in it for because they look cute or whatever. To me, they are that ultimate accessible collectible. No. You can get them anywhere. They're 10 bucks. Everything you can imagine is has been Funkoized. Is that a word? I'm making it a word. <laughs> you know, they, they've Sounds turned right. everything from, you know, your your rock heroes to your comic book to every film you can think of, Rick and Morty, whatever. There's a Funko for that. And to me, it makes focused collecting a little bit easier. Because like I said, they're accessible. You can get them at EB Games, Hot Topic, Walmart, Toys R Us, wherever. You can find a Funko. They're exclusives galore. You can make yourself an exclusive collector. I've gone kind of that route. Or my Captain America shelf is full of cat Funkos, but I found it's a great way to focus in on a particular thing. Do you guys have anything like that? Any regrets? Anything that provides you with a small outlet, but you look at it every time and say, why did I spend $10, $15 on that? Or is there something that, that really thrills you to buy when it comes to say statues or whatever but you think to yourself is four hundred dollars worth it every single time troy you know do you have anything out there that you like to collect but sometimes you question yourself and why you do it <laughs> um it's a funny one you know when i go back to some of the black series stuff there's some figures in there that i'm like mm, like the generoso yeah. but it's more so just because of the fact that i jumped the gun so fast thinking it was going to be like a hot toy to take and it's been sitting on the shelves ever since for like $2 even you can find it sometimes. Um, but apart from that, as of recent, I don't know why. Um, I went to the States like two years ago and I came across a Target. And I love Target. And I came across these these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Nickelodeon. Um, not the recent one, but like the, the series before. And I was like, I always loved Turtles as a kid. And I'm like, I really want those things. And they're only like 9 bucks, But like my suitcase was like full of so many other collectibles that I got. So my wife talked me out of it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I shouldn't have gotten it. But now I've been like thinking like hard. Like I really want those turtles. But the thing is they started a new series that Sanjay showed me. And you can't find them anywhere. Like they're super hard to find. So it makes me want them more now. So I've actually found some online. I got like Raph and I got um, Michelangelo. But I really want Leonardo. I got, you gotta got the four turtles for yeah. turtles you gotta get them so um i look at those and like i like them but like why am i doing this like i'm not gonna go out there and get like shredder and splinter and all of them so it's kind of like a weird one for me um either than that though though like, like the hot toys I, I i sit there every day and i look at those things like i love those and the marvel legends and the um the black series the marvel selects two are the ones that i'm kind of like whatever now yeah. like that's what i first got into with collecting but just because the articulation was so bad on those things they were like but you won't take them out the box because you can't really pose them. So it's better to get like the statue route because you can actually look at them and they look yeah. great. So maybe the selects line is maybe something I kind of regret too. But apart yeah. from that, 
<laughs> That's where I sit. Any yeah. major regrets, man? Do you do you walk into a room into the back cave and think, man, I love that, but why the hell did I buy that? <laughs> uh, not well. Not the Batcave now, because <laughs> I've had those discussions at nauseum um, with myself, and there's Apple boxes full of Batman Forever crap at my parents' house wow. that I'm like, yeah, that's never coming to my house kind of thing, right? So, um, so kind of coming through the collecting thing, like I touched on when we first started, it was like, you just got your hands on whatever you could, because there wasn't very much product, yeah. right? So there was a period of time kind of... Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, where it's just like, I just blew my brains out just amassing everything because that's when the whole cross-merchandising um, retail partners thing started to kick into high gear, right? So I had like candy things and vehicles and play sets and like millions of different versions of Batman and purple suits and pink suits and snow Batman and water Batman. Oh. Was it Mattel doing the figures back then still? Or? It was Mattel. It doing was. Them, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, no, you know what? It was Kenner doing them. Really? Yeah. And wow. so that, that was horrible. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and because, and that was that where it's just like my parents had an undeveloped basement and, it was cool. Like I had stuff everywhere and it was displayed really nice, but yeah. I was like, I don't like any of this stuff. Um, and then they did this legends of the Batman line and it was elseworlds versions of Batman. And because there was, com they were all based on comic book tie-ins that they had done through their annuals and stuff. Those were really cool. Like they had like Egyptian Batman and like, a um, pirate Batman and tons of different ones like that. So, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll stick my toe back in yeah. this. And then, but like every single time, like it just got taken away from me. So, um, <laughs> and to be honest, that's kind of one of the things that led me towards statue collecting. Yeah. So, um, my very first statue was this Robin that they put out, Randy Bowen designed it and graffiti designs oh, made it. Yeah. And I literally got my first job at like the grocery store so I could save up to buy this thing. Cause they solicited it and I was like, I can never afford this with flyer money. So uh, how, how do we take Tim this? Drake Robin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tim yeah. Drake Robin. Yeah. It's like, how do I take this to the next level? So I bought that Robin and it was like the centerpiece of my oh. collection forever. Right. Like junior high kid. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then, um, with statues, like at the time you could conceivably have them all because DC would put out like maybe one or two a year. Yeah. And Marvel, there was literally three. There was, oh a Wolverine, a Punisher and a Spider-Man and they're all terrible. <laughs> and so it, it was cool. And that just kind of became my thing where I'd buy these statues and stuff. And like I was living at home, not paying rent or whatever. Right. So yeah. my grocery store money was the statue money type of thing. And then as this hobby started to explode, it's like, we have to start making decisions. So, um, I started just flipping all those ones where it's like, oh yeah, I don't like this anymore. So. <laughs> well, and, and that's the key, I think. And that's why I wanted to do that at the top was looking at regrets, if you will, because that's part of collecting that comes with it, right? Yeah. That's a huge part of it is you have to go through those regret buys to refine your focus down. And all three of us, by the sounds of it, have done this is you go through this phase of, do I really need this? Do, you know, do I really want this? And there's a tendency to get on that bandwagon early on for any collector. If you're just getting into something, you go all out hog yeah. wild. Yeah. No I got, matter what, yeah. yeah well, 2015, 
was a crazy year for me. Age of Ultron and The Force Awakens yeah. came out. I bought literally everything I could get my hands on, and I was a late 20s male. <laughs> you know, I was everywhere. And it was this big renaissance of collecting for me. I had already been through several phases of this. And that led me now to where I'm at, where I'm super happy every time I walk into the nerd room with what I've got around me because I've gone through those moments. I've gone through that time where I was like, buying I, I remember the, the crazy shit that i've bought in my life and i've got bins of it i keep it because it's it's a reminder for me of <laughs> don't go there tim you've got bins and bins of things it's like that, your cave from empire strikes back well, where it's yeah. like the phantom menace figures <laughs> on the floor i've got i've got so much random stuff that it makes no sense plates cups whatever like from the dollar store cup like avengers cups <laughs> That I've never taken a drink out of. Hey man, it's it's worse if it's Batman Forever. Yeah, <laughs> but it always be worse. <laughs> but as Luke said, you know, failure is, is the best teacher. Or Yoda, 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 is yeah. that Yoda. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. I like that moniker. And I like going through individual stories because then you get to the good parts. Yeah. You get to the statue collecting, and you know, Carlos, I got to give you a little bit of time here to speak to your collection to some of your favorites we've seen a lot of it on your hashtag shelf sundays but what was something that's a standout in your collection you know your big piece doesn't have to be the most expensive but maybe your favorite piece in your collection yeah you know there's there's a couple like i, I have a custom batman that oh. i haven't shared but it's it's immense and um like to the point the post office for me and they're like you have three hours to get here and get this thing out of our back room (laughs) when it showed up from wherever over in the pacific rim there that it was made so like i might share like there's a few things it's like it's like like peter parker when you didn't want to show the naked pictures of mary jane in the remember in the 90s comics that's how i am with that one i don't know if i want to share this one might be just special for me yeah but um yeah there's so definitely that one because it, it is kind of one of a kind and like now being a guy that had it kind of to myself when I was a little kid and then it exploded and exploded and became like kind of this social phenomenon that yeah. we have now. Um, yeah, it's been interesting to kind of watch and, and see. So it, it's neat to have something that it's like, well, nobody else can go get that. Yeah, and You exactly. can't find it on eBay or yeah. anything like yeah. that, right? So there's that one. There's that Sideshow Spider-Man that I have. Yes. Um yeah, and like that one, that was kind of before, like the the mass um, kind of boom of all the high end collectibles and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So um, prior to that, sideshow had only ever done one Spider Man, and then like I, I remember we were on vacation in Florida, and they solicited this thing, and I'd like signed up for the internet in the hotel just so I could <laughs> buy this thing, and um, that one just because like it really grabs people like mm-hmm. my father-in-law he's like an old farm boy and stuff like that yeah. totally not into this yeah. stuff and yeah i remember him walking into my office and there's tons of stuff in there and he's just like that that's a cool that's oh, a cool thing cool. That, that thing is cool and yeah that's awesome. so you know then that's like a genuine uh assessment from somebody For sure it just speaks to the quality of the piece and then um after years of searching for it and thinking it was never going to be attainable, I, I got the Randy Bowen Batman, which was like the first Batman statue that they ever did. Right. And um, it was funny, like for years, my buddy used to tease me about it, that I would never, ever get it. And um, there was a local store and it was actually a Star Wars store wow. in Sunridge Mall that was called Starwares. And they had bought it via an estate sale. And my buddy who was like, 
he actually put me to shame collecting wise at the time. Wow. But there was uh the guy was coveting these Ula action figures that were some kind of exclusive <laughs> to like the fan club or whatever. But anyways, Billy had like a bunch of them coming. And he basically like strong armed this guy into selling me this Batman statue on the cheap. <laughs> so nice. He's like, yeah, you're not getting your Ulas unless you sell my buddy Batman. So um, that, cool. that's a special piece. Like yeah. I got him and Robin and they're to scale with each other. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's the one. Like I'm sitting in my coach and yeah, just off the left and the two of them are incredible in the case. Feeling. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Now, yeah. if, if we were to provide any sort of advice to, you know, we look at grabs and Troy, you dragged him down a dark, dark path. You know, he threw something online. He got the, the Eric O'Grady Ant-Man here. He's, yeah. he's slowly working his way slowly getting there, man. In, into being one of us. Yeah, man. If there's any advice that you guys can offer to people that are new to collecting, you know, I do three and three quarter inch black series, kind of a smattering of different things with slight focus. You're kind of on the higher end. And Troy, you're somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could tell someone that's new to collecting, what would be a couple pieces of advice that you would offer up for them, you know, to help them collect better? Um, I wouldn't wait. I would wait in a certain way. Basically, what I do is I'd research the heck out of a lot of these release dates of when they're coming out and try and get first dibs because obviously you don't want to wait too long to the point when you're trying to buy it aftermarket because then you're going to get ripped off but at the same time it's it's hard because sometimes you can wait it out like i mentioned with the Genorso, and that figure is going to drop down quite a bit and again i always go back to focus don't try and jump in and buy every marvel character or every <laughs> star wars character what if were you, you like, four years ago <laughs> yeah exactly right like if you like spider-man like me then you know stick to the spider-man characters or if you like um iron man or whoever cap whoever's your person Wonder Woman, then stick to that kind of like niche and then maybe expand out afterwards. But it's it's kind of cool just to have like that focus because going into this, you most likely have like your favorite hero. Nobody really jumps in. I don't think too much as like a big like team kind of person. I, mean, I guess maybe there's the uh, Avengers. Uh, well, not the Avengers even, but the uh, the Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, because yeah. the Avengers, you know, it's always like a mismatch yeah. of different kind of heroes. But yeah, the Guardians, Fantastic Four, stuff like that. But for me, I always just say it's the focus. Yeah. Biggest thing. Yeah, because people have a tendency to go hog wild, like just yeah. jump in and say, I want everything from the Avengers. And especially yeah. coming into the MCU, the DCU, even Star Wars now, is that you're hit with a pile of things. And it's like, well, do I start at three and three quarters or nine bucks a piece? Or do I go straight for the $400 statue? You know, Carlos, what do you, what's some advice that you'd, you'd give to a new collector? Probably my biggest thing, and it's like, it's refreshing to hear you guys always beating the drum for just being focused, mm -hmm. A, yeah. and B, collecting what you love, as yeah. opposed to um, being part of like the speculator market. Yeah. Like, I, oh. I don't know what it is lately, but every time I go to my store, there's at least one guy in there working a list of like, do you have this? Do you have that? And like, not even knowing. Like, mm -hmm. he was after. Uh, I think issue two of the Dark Knight Returns, and um, he's like looking at his phone and he finds a trade and he's like, oh, okay, so this is the one. Is this this comic? And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not the book from 1986. Yeah, that's the <laughs> perpetually re reprinted <laughs> trade kind of thing, right? And then it's like, oh, well, um, do, you, do you have the Edge of the Spider Verse number two? And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, how do you go from there to <laughs> Edge of the Spider Verse issues, two? Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, or like the variant. Uh, collectors and stuff like that like if you don't basically you should plan for whatever you're buying to be worthless exactly and to be with you forever yeah, yeah. um and being the guy that has sold things that i paid a lot of money for basically trying to just get the guy on the other end to pay shipping for it yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you need to you need to kind of learn those lessons and 
buy things that you love that you're happy to own that you'll you'll want forever right yeah. so like I, I know a few people that jumped head first into high-end collecting and like got themselves into some real financial trouble oh, and yeah. that kind of thing and it's like do you even like this stuff that you're yeah. buying because yeah. you're you're buying like ninja turtle replicas and yeah. then you're buying like a batmobile and it's like yeah it's it's all cool stuff but yeah if if it doesn't hold any meaning for you then yeah the point. why yeah. yeah well and that's the thing you know and coming around to some advice on part is that you don't want collectibles sitting in a box for yeah. 10 12 years my wife and i when we moved into our new house here we said that we shouldn't have anything in storage if it's in storage why do we need it yeah you know unless it's baby clothes and all that kind of stuff that yeah. we're gonna need eventually but i i really took that to heart and I thought to myself that if it's not on display, like I've got a lot of black series and stuff that I'm not going to get rid of. I do a bit of a rotation thing and all that. Um, but point forward, you know, from a, two years ago, it's if I'm getting it, it's going on display and it's going to have some meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. And you hit another really good point there, Carlos, when it comes to budgeting. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that at times is forgotten about how much collecting can weigh on your wallet. And for me, it's like you said, it's doing the research, understanding the cost of these things and really picking your battles Yeah, is I've seen exclusives go for ridiculous amounts of money, but I I've had to grow to be okay with not having something if I can't get it for the right price. Yeah. Golden rule here in the nerd room. If it's a legend or black series, you do not pay more than $35 for it. You sit on it and maybe you will never get it. Yeah. You have to grow. Okay with never getting a complete set or over time eventually like you said you you worked towards it you thought you 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 know accepted the fact that you were never going to get it and then it came in front of you you just have to wait on things don't get so you know involved in the need to acquire something that you blow <laughs> a rent check or yeah. something like that on it it's it's okay you'll get it eventually and you know at some point everyone's going to have their white whale if you if you you know wait out long enough in my opinion you may eventually get it hey and leverage some ulas man yeah (laughs) exactly you know there's there's a there's a piece of collecting out there for everyone there is a niche space for you to fit into and you just gotta find that and you gotta work your budget and you gotta have fun with it i think that is the best piece of advice that all three of us can offer is do it because you love it, because you want to do it, and because it makes you happy. That's bottom line. It has to make you smile. When you walk into your back cave, when you walk into the nerd room in your place, when I walk in here, I smile. I come in here every morning yeah. before work because it makes me happy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, it, it's got to bring that that joy. You know, you have your family, you have everything else that brings you so much joy in life. But this little piece of this house, this is this is just mine. Yeah, man. And I love that feeling. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You just and the other thing too is you just gotta make sure that you recognize you can't own it all. Yes. Exactly. Like That's yeah. it. I remember episode one, like oh. I had a group of buddies that were collecting and like the one guy was trying to outdo the other one and oh, like no. we were going around like fast food joints and mm-hmm. like and KFC buckets in there, man. Yeah. It, like it, it just gets crazy, right? And especially now. Like there was there was a point in time where like I could do it all. Yeah. Um but it's it's impossible now. Like it's literally impossible. Fifteen was a, a very heavy year on the wallet. <laughs> My wife has always been accepting. I think that's probably the other and last piece that I'll offer up is <laughs> you need a spouse that enjoys it too for yeah. you. You know, all three of us are fortunate enough to have spouses that are supportive, will encourage, and even at times buy and participate in. Yeah. You know, I look around the room here. 
my wife's bought me some of the the more higher end things in the room. Uh, your your wife collects with you. You know, mm-hmm. your wife is buying you hot yeah. toy. Yeah. So it's it's having that partner in crime, if you will. Exactly. To to do that with you and recognize that this is something that you love. This is a hobby, guys. You know, I don't ski a lot. I don't you know I don't go to the bars or anything like mm-hmm. that. I like to spend my money on this. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's just it. So, oh man, I, I love talking collecting. You know, that was just a short little thing, providing a little bit of insight to anyone who's new to collecting to maybe help you collect a little bit better and help you realize that it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be something fun, enjoyable. It can be a hobby and that's what it is meant to be. Yeah. So don't treat it, you know, any more than that. So Carlos, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh man, I super enjoyed myself. <laughs> and it's like... on the podcast here. It, it's, it's. It's, you know, a great take and we hope to bring you back even when Sanjay's back at the table and maybe do some movie reviews, you know, get some more insight on different things. It's it's nice having your voice at the table. Oh, thanks so much. Like, yeah, no, any, any time I'm, I'm probably more available than you guys. My, my, my kids are older now. Right? So they're pretty self-sufficient. So yeah, as long as I'm not doing dad Uber, yeah. I'm, I am totally happy to join awesome, you guys. Awesome. It's so glad you made it, man. So yeah, yeah. it was flow. awesome. Now, where can people find you? on the internet if they so happen to want to give you a follow you know what twitter is the best spot so cdn caped crusader so canadian cape crusader is what it is that's that's been my handle since the myspace days oh so. shoot look at you <laughs> <laughs> nice brilliant yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> give him a follow check out those shelf sundays and you can always catch carlos digging into the twitter gang questions it's 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 crazy i open up my laptop and i get a 200 notifications <laughs> oh yeah it no. gets a bit, gets a bit mental sometimes but it is a it is a lot of fun so make sure you get in there and try it's it's huh. i always love having you on yeah. the table man yeah man it's a, always a blast yeah. yes sir <laughs> and if you guys would ever like to be a part of this show you can always email us at the nerdram at gmail.com grabs we got your question it'll be coming next week do not worry we will get to it in due course you can always catch us on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can always catch us at hashtag the Twitter gang as well. Like I said, there's always lots of crazy stuff going on there. And we're going to be back with you guys next week. As always, we're going to have a bit of a rotating cast here at some point. Troy, you're getting close to D-Day. Yeah, we will welcome Sanjay back on the podcast here. And inevitably, we're going to have Carlos back here in probably the not too distant future. Maybe I've made my own name. I don't, I don't to just have to be Sanjay2099. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was a joke going around for a little bit. <laughs> just the older version of the brown guy that yeah. loves DC. Yeah, that uh, loves DC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. And we'd like to give a shout out to our man, Rob Wade, who endorses this podcast over at emotionally14.com. Make sure you check everything else he is doing over there, including the other Emotionally14 endorsed podcasts. You can always catch everything that the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network is doing over at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. You know, like I said, news is slow in Star Wars, but these guys continue to find content that actually brings me a ton of joy to listen to. So make sure to head over there and check out everything that everyone's doing over at the Star Wars Commonwealth. And if you're going to Star Wars Celebration, make sure to keep your ears peeled to some of the podcasts over the next few weeks because we're going to start to reveal some of the plans that we have for the Star Wars Commonwealth with regards to Star Wars Celebration. There's going to be a fairly large presence there, including, fingers crossed, hopefully myself. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun there recording episodes, doing some meetups, you know, meeting up for uh, some some beers, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Got nice. the Rose Squad boys there. So it's going to be a lot oh, of fun. Oh, so you know yeah. there's going to be some beers. <laughs> All kinds of beers. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until next week, for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at 
The Nerd RM, Troy the Boy 87, and Sun Jabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.